0: when she's in the office she likes to sit up and tell everyone that she's going to make a call
1: welcome back to the voice tech podcast we've got a great episode for you today Uh, before we get into that uh, just a quick update the downloads are steadily growing which is fantastic A massive thank you to everyone who listens on a regular basis and a big welcome to our new listeners. Um, Because there are so many new people who have joined us, um, I wanted to just take a few seconds to introduce the show again. Um, This show is focused on the voice technology itself. So we talk about the how it works as much as the what it does. I conduct interviews with people who've actually implemented voice technologies in a project such as academic researchers, CTOs, engineers, and software developers, voice interface designers, project managers, uh, human-computer interaction experts, and more. We delve into all aspects of voice interfaces and their enabling technologies, such as NLP, voice synthesis, machine learning, and AI, uh, as well as applications of these techniques, such as chatbots and social robotics, and related fields, such as psychology and emotion. By listening to this show, you gain a good overview of the voice technology ecosystem and stay up to date on the latest developments. So my aim and hope is that these conversations will be entertaining, inspirational and informative and uh, not only give you ideas for voice applications that you can build, but also to introduce you to some of the tools and techniques that you'll need in order to actually build them. Having only been in the field for a couple of years, uh, I'm relatively new to all this too. Uh, So I'm very happy that you've chosen to join me on this journey to find out more about voice technology, and we can look forward to seeing the blocks fall into place as we build our understanding together. Learning to build machine learning-based voice interface is no easy task, and anyone who's tried will tell you that. And as with all complex tasks, it helps to have an expert share their experiences and advice to steer you in the right direction. So today we're joined by one such expert. He is Benjamin Etienne a data scientist at RogerVoice, a mobile app that allows deaf and hard of hearing people to use the telephone. Ben shares his story about how he taught himself data science and machine learning in the evenings so he could work in a more technical role. He tells us why he's not keen on Kaggle competitions and why getting a job in data science is the best way to master it. Ben introduces us to the challenges faced by the deaf and hard of hearing community and how they can overcome them with the help of voice technology. We cover how Roger Voice works from both a functional and a technical standpoint, and we discuss the pros and cons of using a commercial cloud-based speech API versus developing your own custom in-house detect system. Ben shares his reasoning behind his choice of machine learning models, and he describes the advantages of using Connectionist Temporal Classification, or CTC. We then discuss the limitations of current models and data preprocessing techniques and how improving our understanding of the underlying psychology and neurology of users can help us design more effective voice technologies. While you're listening to the podcast, I recommend that you sign up for the Voice Tech Roll-Up, the monthly newsletter for this podcast. It contains top five voice news tweets of the month, links to the latest episodes, as well as other unmissable goodies such as exclusive newsletter offers. It's quick, easy, and free to sign up. Just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash newsletter. So with that said, it's now my pleasure to bring you Benjamin Etienne. So I'm here with Benjamin Etienne. He is the data scientist at Roger Voice, uh, currently working on automatic speech recognition emotion detection in speech and speaker identification roger voice is a mobile app that captions your phone calls their mission is to break communications barriers for the deaf and hard of hearing hello ben
0: hello carl
1: very nice to have you on the show thanks for joining us this evening yeah my pleasure Congratulations on the, the win last night for France. Must be very happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We celebrated. Yeah, <laughs> they were going crazy in the streets. It was. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. But yeah. Yeah, I
0: think it would be great to have a final uh, France versus England.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking that the same thing. Yeah. So we'll find out yeah. tonight.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. All right. So um, yeah, could you let's let's start by. Uh, Um, you telling us a bit about your background, because, uh, you know, talking before the podcast uh, was recording, it's pretty interesting how you, uh, you know, how you've moved uh, between different roles.
0: So um, I have a, I have a master of science in uh, free mechanics. So um, basically, I I just did what Many, many French people do is uh, the class preparatoire and the grand école system, which I think is not very well understood uh, abroad. But in France, it's a classic,
1: uh, it's a classic uh, background. Yeah, that's a, a, a whole podcast for another day. I think I, yeah. I, I've had people <laughs> explain it to me a number of times and I still can't completely get yeah. my head around it. But yeah. Anyway.
0: French education system is a bit uh, is a bit particular, but so um, anyways, So I um, I started with the with fluid mechanics. So um, not really into tech and uh, and programming. Uh, I started my career at uh, Accenture, which is a consulting company. Um, I've been working uh, for uh, different industries, uh, ranging from uh, retail to uh, automotive industry. Okay. Uh, and so this was my uh, I mean. The beginning of my career was, uh, was in the consulting industry. And I started doing techie, techie things uh, in my uh, in my first job. And I wasn't really into real programming, but it was mostly like stuff like scraping and uh, statistical analysis, and, but on the, not on a regular basis. On
1: the cusp of technology, uh, yeah. Well, it was still more yeah. technical than the average uh, Accenture consultant, yeah. I think. So, yeah, you're yeah. still getting your... your- dipping your toe in the water at least
0: exactly and so uh, i got more and more interested into this uh, into this subject i mean the more I, I got involved with data and the more i, I could uh, i could show people my results and uh, uh, and maybe sometimes give sometimes give uh, some directions or maybe suggest some improvements uh, with the results of my uh, of my analysis uh, i really like the um, yeah the data driven the data driven uh, side of my of my job and uh, that's why I decided to move to another consulting company, uh, with this time as a, as, a proper, as a proper data scientist. Um, I've been working for the, for, the, for the energy sector in France. Okay. Uh, and I did several, uh, several uh, bits of, of work ranging from uh, visualization, so using stuff like Tableau, for example, and, and doing dashboards. Uh, I also did uh, some work with, uh, with NLP. Uh, so natural language processing, uh, which is quite a, a hot topic at this moment. But uh, at the time, uh, I discovered this. Uh, I discovered this field, and um, I, I decided to to move away from uh, from the consulting industry to to work on a on a project in which I uh, I wanted really to, to be um, to be involved and to to, to spend my time uh, working on. And that's why I chose uh, I chose Roger Voice because. Uh, I really like the product and I really like the idea behind this, uh, this company. So now in, it's been one year. I've been uh, working for Roger Voice uh, at Roger Voice for, uh, for one year. Uh, so as a data scientist, and I work, as you said, uh, in the introduction, mainly on uh, speech recognition and everything which deals with speech in general. So emotion detection also and uh, speaker diarization
1: fantastic yeah and i know you've got a, an, an interesting path to becoming a data scientist because yeah you started in consulting so c- could you tell us a bit about the transition from uh from a project management kind of role to a, to a very technical role um well you know, the, the,
0: the transition is quite uh it's quite simple in fact I mean, you, you start i started as i said uh doing things like web scraping or uh, or uh, yeah, starting to to put my nose into uh, random forests, for example, and linear re- regressions. This is something uh, when you have um, a scientific background an engineering background, you you heard of these uh, these uh, methods before. You know what a linear regression is, of course, but you don't really apply it to real use cases. And so that that's when I started to look um, to look on the internet for uh, for uh, yeah for ways to to start um, to start into data science uh so obviously you have a lot of lots of resources on the internet available uh you have uh, marks you have MOOCs. sorry you have also uh lots of websites and you have github which is a fantastic source of inspiration for every programmer okay so um that's that's kind of uh it's something i did uh, i would say uh, after work and during the weekends because. Yeah, as I said, my job was mostly a consultant, a consultant job. Uh, but this is something yeah, I did uh, as a as a hobby first, and then I quickly realised that I wanted to, I wanted this to be my job. In fact,
1: well, that, that's an achievement that shouldn't be understated because mm. consulting itself, I know, is a very demanding demanding mm-hmm. job that requires you know long hours at times, and to still have the energy to come home in the evening and mm. and and work on machine learning, which is by no means the easiest subject to learn um yeah that really uh really takes some doing but you did it you uh you're basically self-taught then is that right the, the on the machine learning side
0: yeah well, i mean i had some basic programming skills uh before i uh, after i left uh, after i ended my studies but uh, the most of, of what i know today is
1: uh, self-taught here yeah. excellent um, what were the what were some of the the courses that you took? Can you recommend anything that was particularly helpful, or 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 anything that you you felt like you wasted your time on, and you you would recommend not doing?
0: I think there's there's one if you if you really if you really want to start uh, if you really want to start working with data and you you don't have a lot of experience in this field uh one course i definitely recommend i think it's the entry point for a lot of people uh, in this field it's the uh andrew andrew ng course on uh, coursera
1: yeah absolutely uh, um, which is
0: called uh, machine learning i think
1: i think yeah uh, <laughs> i think a lot of people have taken that one and myself yeah. included it's, it's I, I don't
0: thing. know if it's uh, i don't know if it's free or not today but at the time uh, when i took it uh, two years ago it was uh, it was free mm. so uh yeah obviously now uh, MOOCs are getting more and more popular so sometimes you have to pay for it but i think it's really really uh, the, the basic uh, the most basic basic uh, course you can find in, in the way that it's really well explained and it's not too complicated at first and and if you want to and if you want to go deeper, you, you can. But it's really, I think, the the, the best entry point I, I could recommend. Uh, there's another there's another course. So I was thinking of uh, still on Coursera, uh, which is the course of Jeffrey Hinton, okay. uh, which is I didn't called. Know that uh, one. Yeah, it's called uh, neural networks. Uh, G- neural networks for machine learning, or I don't, I don't remember the exact title. Uh, this one is a bit more. Uh, this one is a bit more difficult because uh, Geoffrey Hinton is. Yes, uh, uh, most people uh, who who know about deep learning uh, maybe have heard the, the name of Geoffrey Hinton before, but uh, he really he really goes deeper into the the theory, and you see lots of. Th- things like the bayesian approach behind neural networks which i think is very interesting mm. uh you see different of different types of networks like recurrent recurrent neural networks uh, convolutional neural networks and uh he, he really i mean he, he really is the pope of uh of deep learning <laughs> to me and so he, he his course is really uh is really exhaustive but you i suggest if you want to start uh, I suggest you start with the Andrew Ng course, and then if you really want to go deeper, uh, go with the uh, the Geoffrey Hinton course.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. And um, did you did you get involved in Kaggle competitions? Because uh, I know machine learning is is one of those mm. things where it's fine you can do the courses and you can do the exercises, even mm. if, you're, if you even if you do it formally uh, in school, but you don't really learn it until you you get your hands on real problems. So uh, exactly. Yeah. How, how did you how did you tackle that problem? You know, actually- well. At,
0: at- at first, you need you need to really get your hands on, on your, own, uh, your own programming. I mean, it's it's fine to watch videos, but at one point you need to, to write your own code because it's the only way you learn. Uh, as for the data sets, you can find lots of, simple uh, toy data sets available on, on the web uh, depending on what you want to do, classification or regression. Yeah, have lots of different data sets available, uh, different examples as you can see on on, on GitHub or on blog, uh, blog posts, for example. But uh, I think that the, the best way uh, I could get my hands with real problems was to get a job as a data scientist. I mean, you can, you can, you can try to do Kaggle competitions, but Kaggle to me is really uh th- there's one major problem with kaggle is the the size of the data sets are way too large to fit on a on a standard computer
1: okay and that's you, interesting
0: yeah you need you need a lot of lots of computing resources lots of gpus etc if you want to if you want to get the results on time and to get good results because what i see most often on kaggle today and it's, i think it's a bit of a shame is Lots of people are just stacking multiple models together and getting an ensemble of these models. Yeah. And in the end, yeah. they, they, they grab 0.1% or 0.2%. But I mean, it's just such a waste because uh, there's no, I think the, the problem with this, this approach is that people uh, just think that the bigger the bigger machine you have, uh, the best results you will have. Well, in fact, you, you, you just get rid of all the feature design and feature engineering part which i think is the most interesting in machine learning i mean it's it's the the hardest part for me is to get the data and to extract the right features from the data and then putting it into a model is just 10 percent.
1: I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right. Full episodes of the Voicetech podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full 1-hour episode is available to Voicetech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com/pro where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voicetech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voicetech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, such as exclusive interviews just for VoiceTech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. VoiceTech Pros also get a special role in our online community, higher quality episodes with no ads and studio quality sound, and a chance to support the show and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voicetech Pro today.